broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. You know, I was talking about some of those numbers last hour that I think will improve because of uh, improved personnel, greater depth, the things that we discussed offensively about Jordan Travis and what the jump we should probably see in his play. The offensive unit finishing at a uh, a better rate, offensive offensive success rate. Um, same with passing down success. All that I, I think all that's improved. Again, for the obvious reasons, you've got better personnel up front, uh, a little bit deeper, better competition on a daily basis in practice too. You know, we don't talk enough about that. Um, you, when, with the infusion of uh, talent via the transfer portal and to some degree, certainly in recruiting, elevating a competition level on a daily basis in practice, um, that is, uh, that's important. It's, uh, it, it's because, again, you, you can get, your view can be skewed as to what you are, what you think you are, and what you're capable of if every day you're going against, uh, a, 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 you know, not a plus player. Let's put it that way. And we saw that with our, Defensive backfield against this receiving core, right? That's a, that's a toughie. Um, so it's a it's one of those things where I look at uh, I look at the numbers and I think that that most assuredly is going to be better. But where we should probably go back to uh, if is is again looking at Florida State's defensive numbers. Now they'll they'll get hurt uh, in some areas. They did finish by. The end of last year in the top thirty in success rate, finishing drives and havoc on defense. That havoc number will go back. Will go down. That that's not going to be as good. They created a lot of that havoc. Uh, simply put, with uh, the presence of one Jermaine Johnson. And holy moly, was Jermaine Johnson good? I don't want to bore you with too many numbers today, but I I looked at some of what he provided beyond just the sacks. What he represented was a whole lot of what Florida State was on defense last year. Not the everything, and they're going to have to make up for it uh, with not just a singular player, although I do think that Dennis Briggs is, off that injury, a versatile, athletic big man that could really obviously make a bigger impact than maybe we're accounting for. Again, uh, out of sight, out of mind, after his injury, for a lot of people, um, they did not – you know they. They didn't think much this offseason about Dennis Briggs and his return, but that's a real good football player. So you throw that in there, and then, of course, you brought in Jared Verse, and Jared Verse is a kid that 
is really, really athletic and really hungry. And I, I think that second part is important. He's a guy that's got things to learn. He's a guy that is going to have to be more disciplined than I saw in the spring. But his zeal and day-to-day uh, passion for football is undeniable. You have to be passionate to play football. It's a, it's a game of great violence. Uh, it is a physical and mental struggle uh, with you know across the board. It's the ultimate team game. You have to have real passion to play. I don't think you can have unless you have extraordinary abil- ability. If you have put a naturally uh, gifted, you know, speed or hands or strength or something, maybe you could get by, sort of being indifferent. <laughs> but that is fairly rare. I mean, it, it, it doesn't. It does not happen all that often that somebody who is great at football doesn't love and have a passion for football. And so I, I think, again, the, um, the addition of Jared Verse is a guy that has skill, athleticism, but also a whole lot of what for and want to. That is going to elevate what you do at practice on a daily basis. I think, I think from a technique standpoint and from a size standpoint, there are going to be some things he has to work on. You're not going to be able to replace Jermaine Johnson with Jared Verse and expect that the predict- production will be the same. But I, I do think him and Dennis Briggs, and then you add Tatum Bethune, you already have the depth in the interior that you like. We talked about that back end. This defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, when they have guys like Jamie Robinson and Keem Dent and Duke Cooper and Kevin Knowles, I mean, on and on we go. Tatum Bethune, big coop up front. Robert Cooper is going to have a great season. Already talked about that. Fabian Lovett. You got talent there. This is not a talentless group. And because they were stable at the end of last year, they come off the field in that final game, they come off the field uh, at season's end feeling a whole lot different than they did at the start of the season when they were a train wreck, absolutely befuddled by the task at hand, confused as to their roles and what they were supposed to do. That got remedied over the course of the year. Thank goodness they would have been looking for a new defensive coordinator had they not. Many people still think that they should be. I think this year is the reason that we will know yay or nay on Adam Fuller. Um, everybody's got an opinion on where that's going. Patrick Payton will contribute this year. I agree. He is. He's put on weight. He looks a little bit more engaged, ready to go. They, there's, there are guys there that are going to help this team get to where they want to go. Uh, and I want to go back to what I said about Mike Norvell yesterday. He kind of got overshadowed because his interview with the press, which was ended up being largely local. I mean, most of the people asking him questions yesterday up in Charlotte uh, were made up of the contingent of Tallahassee folks that cover Florida State. Um, th- there were exceptions, but for the most part, it was a lot of Florida State people. And Ira brought it up on yesterday's show. The reason for that is that he, <laughs> where they gathered to do those interviews, the the, the, the sidebar interviews, uh, that all the teams do and all the coaches and players do. Uh, it happened right on the heels of Jim Phillips' State of the Union address, if you will, that caused uh, just a stir, just a minor stir, just a little bit of a, what was that? So, you know, you ended up having a situation where most people were kind of buzzing and racing to write stories on what they just heard and saw from the commissioner when Norvell was sitting down to answer question from the assembled media, but obviously it is my job to listen to those conversations and uh, and 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 try to pick up on some of the subtleties of body language 
in tone, tenor, all of that. And I did. I went back and listened to Mike carefully. I thought Mike was in a real good place. And Coach Norvell is in a real good place. I understand he's under immense pressure, rightfully so. He knows that he has to see a big step forward this year. Um, he knows, certainly, that they have to have a winning season and they have to have um, basically the, the, the kind of games they played over the last seven or eight games as opposed to what we saw through those first four, which he admitted were about as bad as you could possibly play. But you, you can't have any more of those games. Like that 0-4 start that featured uh, that defense that was uh, oftentimes if you were watching from home, for example, or if you went back and watched the replay after you got home, and you're like, where the hell are our players on the screen? That dude's just running free, and I don't even see a Florida State player. Where is he? It's one thing to get beat. Other guys on scholarship, too. People make people miss. They run through people. They do things. But when your guy isn't there, damn it, man, this is like they're facing air. And that kind of mass confusion rightfully causes you to go straight to the root of the title, right? Defensive coordinator. Coordinator? What are we coordinating out here? Nobody's in the the vicinity of that guy running into the end zone currently. But in the back half, that wasn't the case. Those points were earned. Teams had to go down the field and earn it. So my point would be, if in fact, there's a group that has confidence, Based on what occurred in the second half of the season, it's going to be that group. And if you hit the ground running with a defense that makes others earn it, you're going to be in every game. You're going to pretty much be in every game. Or certainly give yourself a chance to be in every game. So if you're just looking for a beacon of light, if you're just looking for what's a reason that I can tune in early in the season, Lord knows we've been a freaking mess for God knows how long in the month of September. Grand opening, grand closing. It wasn't just that it was grand opening, grand closing. A lot of times, if there was something to build on, it didn't happen. And far too frequently, there was nothing to latch on to. There was just an aimless mass of confusion on one side of the ball or the other a unit or a segment group devoid of talent, whatever it was, I don't think you're going to look out there early this year for the first time in a long time. I don't think you're going to look out there and say, you know, they don't know what they're doing. And I don't think you're going to look out there and say, they don't have any talent. They don't, they don't have enough talent to be elite. They don't have enough talent to make a run at the playoff or anything like that. But might they have enough talent to meet what I think are pretty minimal expectations? I mean, most fans, when projecting uh, a win total for their team, overshoot by a game or two because they're optimistic. Hope springs eternal in the offseason. But I think a realistic win total of seven or eight is doable with this group and this uh, this depth. I think so. So hopefully it happens. Chef Cambridge Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 odds that are out the conference read as follows. Clemson to win the ACC at minus 125. No shock there. The rest of the conference is pretty well bunched together. Miami is at plus 600. Good value there out of the Coastal. Pitts at plus 600. Um, NC State at plus 900 in the Atlantic is great value. I think I would jump on that as well. A little pizza money on the Wolfpack, Dave Doran's club. Wake Forest at plus 1,000. I don't think they have the defense to be in the running there. North Carolina is an annual disappointment. They're plus 1,200. Those are the main contenders behind Clemson. Um, kind of interesting. Uh, listen, it, it, to me, I agree with David Hale on this. You would look at Clemson at minus 125, the favorite, coming off a year in which Wake Forest and Pitt played for the conference crown. Uh, I do think... Uh, you know, you, you lose a superstar at Pitt at the most important position. Uh, Miami is interesting because they're really good at quarterback. They still, personnel-wise, they may be uh, still a season or two away. I like NC State's personnel. Do you believe that they'll handle the weight of those expectations? A lot of people crowning NC State as your future ACC champion this year. They are the hunted in an odd way. They're sneaking up on nobody this season. A lot of people like them. Um, I Again, we talked about North Carolina and Mac Brown and what that team is. I don't believe it. No, I'm not going to see it. So I think you would have to t- probably take Clemson here as your odds-on pick and, um, and do it at minus 25. That's not a bad number. Uh, I like that. The Big 12 odds are out as well for conference champions. They've got Texas at plus 200, Oklahoma at plus 220, Oklahoma State at plus 400, Baylor, all plus money for these teams as it's wide open in the Big 12. I don't think I like Texas in year, uh, you know, to come off the year they just had and turn this around that quickly. Um, Especially if you're in the middle of a quarterback race that you're not real sure who's going to win it. Quinn Ewers or uh, Hudson Card, uh, I I don't, mm, I'm having a hard time with that. It is a proven entity at OU. 
new head coach, a lot of talent. You can get him at plus 220. I think I might. I think I might. Oklahoma State at plus 400, Baylor at plus 600. Um, that's, you know, if you're looking for long shot odds, it's tough. Um, and then finally, I think we go back to, you know, your, your favorite long odd team. I guess you could jump on Kansas State to win the Big 12 at 14 to 1. 14 to 1, pretty good odds there. It's the time of year, guys. You know, you start lining up players that you think are going to win individual awards. Like, for example, we were talking about the ACC earlier, and I was giving you my reasons why I think Florida State is an easy pick to the over and where I think they'll finish in the Atlantic. But one of the things that's fun about that exercise and that I enjoy doing is that it's a reminder of who, who's where, who came back, who moved on, who's supposed to play great, who's supposed to be uh, a bell cow for their individual teams. And right off the bat, you know, you Malik Cunningham at Louisville and Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. I mentioned Sean Tucker at Syracuse, who we all saw run. That kid's talented as hell. Zay Flowers at Boston College, a good football player. Uh, unfortunately, Drake Thomas um, is, a, is a really good player at NC State at linebacker. And, uh, you know, there were some honorable mentions out there amongst players that um, maybe aren't getting talked about enough. And I think one of those guys is a guy right here at FSU on the offensive line. And that would be Dylan Gibbons. Dylan Gibbons, whenever we talk about the offensive line and we talk about returning starters, returning snaps, percentages of all that, man, Dylan Gibbons had an awesome spring, was our best offensive lineman last year, and is in even better shape now and is stronger now than he was a year ago when he arrived. So there's no doubt I think Dylan Gibbons could have a huge season. Uh, and and he's a guy that I would look to see maybe win awards uh, for Florida State. When was the last time an offensive lineman? I mean, come on. And another guy that I think could surprise that we're not talking enough about as we get set for camp to open early next week. I think Amari Gaynor might surprise, both in terms of the number of snaps that he plays and how well he plays them. I think if we were to assess Amari Gaynor's career at Florida State, I got yelled at by folks uh, a couple years ago when I said that I didn't think that Amari Gaynor, um, I mean, a guy, again, who on a bad defense was probably one of our more more high-profile players, especially because he's a legacy, and then you look at him, he looks like an NFL player. Uh, I didn't think he was very good, that he had not grown, he had not taken the next step he had not grown into the player that I thought he was going to be when we when we signed him. Um, I've been very excited about him because I, I I think that again you look at his physical tools and you believe that there's a possibility that there's something better still in there. Um, but I will say he seemed motivated by the competition. You know, you when you bring in Tatum Bethune and you see the emergence last year of Deloach, and we know Lundy is kind of one dimensional but uh, has a role in this as well then what you're talking about in a defense that's only playing, for the most part, two linebackers uh, as, as, you know, on the field at any one time, then I would, I would say that um, you're, you're in a fight for reps. You're in a fight for snaps. And he took it to heart. It seemed to me that he took it to heart. I don't think they like his first move, Jimmy. I don't think he's quick enough off the line. I thought about it, too, to answer your question in the chat. Why don't they add 25 pounds to his frame and get him to come in as a pass rusher? I think they'll utilize him in that role in certain circumstances down in distances, but I don't think that he's a natural uh, end 
So I, I've said before about Amari Gaynor um, that he's a player that seems to be uh, a bit of – he falls into that category of a tweener. You don't love his sideline to sideline. He's not stout enough to be a middle linebacker in Phil, although that role has changed a lot over the years in football. It's not like it used to be because offenses don't use fullbacks uh, the way they once did. But nonetheless, uh, I don't he, – he isn't that player. Uh, he's not – particularly good in coverage. I just he seems to be a guy that's really kind of stuck in between. Um so I I that's unfortunate cuz sometimes that happens where you're good enough at a lot of things but not great at any one thing and so you kind of just are you're you're and 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 with him because he's a legacy and because to look at him you think he should be this other thing. It's frustrating. I, I, those are the worst. Those are the most frustrating kinds of players, in my opinion. Because, damn it, man, you're like that guy. That guy should dominate. Look at him. I mean, uh, what are we doing here? Look at that guy. And and then it just doesn't happen. I I say it every year when we when we go out there, and I say maybe it does this year. Maybe it does. Hey, listen, we talk about motivation. We talk about uh, depth. We talk about competition. It makes everybody better. Florida State has not had enough depth in forever. It is an underrated aspect of why they underachieve is because if you have singular good players in each segment group but not a depth of good player, then your day-to-day operation is, is flawed when it comes to competition. And that is no way to fuel competitive fire and games against teams that have equal or more talent than you. Uh, you're not used to seeing the speed, you're not used to seeing the strength, and you're not used to the intensity, the requisite intensity needed to play uh, at a high level, down in, down out, series in, series out, quarter after quarter, game after game, because you don't see it every day in practice. So, you know, uh, with, with the upgrade of that competition that we're talking about, I think you will see it. I think you will see it. You know, and and again, I really, really want him to succeed because he worked hard, and I think he cares. You know, those in the past there have been some guys here that looked apart, but I don't think cared, and they were kind of going through the motions, and that was tough. And then there were times that um, there were guys that had the requisite passion and worked real hard, but they weren't skilled enough. They just weren't good enough. So you're like, well, that guy tries his ass off; he's just not any good. And that that's a toughie. I hate coming to that conclusion. That's always brutal. Uh, but this year sees more of the marriage of more players that have the requisite skill and work ethic and passion and dedication and commitment. All of that is there. There are more of those guys this year than each of the last four or five years. So, again, all of that does seem to add up to why it is to have reasonable expectations that this year's team is better than last year's team. Again, one of the things that comes up whenever we're prognosticating about records, whenever we're talking about what we think they ought to be or will be, is that you don't necessarily correlate, always, that this this slight uptick in overall depth of talent and all that into some record that is... Uh, easy to ascertain, right? Because the schedule changes, and when you play games change, and who you're playing and when you're playing them, that all changes so over year to year. So, you know, I mean, if you, if you if you think about it, you know, this is a year where the team could be a lot better, but LSU is on the schedule. They were not a year ago. Now, you could say, well, they replaced Notre Dame, and the same coach, and all that stuff. Point is, if you're playing out of conference games against Notre Dame and LSU, I mean, these are, there's talent there. You know, that that's a, that's a tough one. 
Uh, and then from there, I think that you get into, um, obviously, you know, road game against Miami this year, road game against NC State this year. If you stumble anywhere at home against some of the better teams on your schedule, you could end up with an average-ass record and still be definitively a better team than you were a year ago. But I understand that that, that will be unacceptable. You know, again, people, that, that record ends up being that record. It, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Like, how you arrive at it and the schedule that you played, while it does matter, and most people, when you sit down and have that conversation with them, agree and get that. But at the end of the day, the, the season ends, and you look, and what's your record? What's your record? It doesn't, it doesn't really change how it affects the emotions. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Away we go with solving for the future from my dear friends and partners at ISF. And ISF, uh, we we thank them for partnering with us. They've been a tremendous uh, partner to the Jeff Cameron Show and uh, our friends here at 93.3 as well. And uh, listen, ISF is an IT and strategy firm right here in the state of Florida. In 40 years, they've served state government business clients across the nation. So although housed here in Tallahassee, they serve the entirety of the country. They're experts in government processes. They work with government agencies across the country. They've got unmatched expertise in developing strategies, evaluating and refining processes, and implementing technological solutions that are realistic, also forward-thinking. And look, you want to do amazing things, we get it. You got a big vision and you got goals. Everybody does, hopefully. And you want to move your agency forward while navigating with uh, our pretty unique challenges inherent in government operations. They get all that. They understand that. They've been doing it for a real long time. If that describes you, call my friends at ISF. They're helping government clients solve for the future, and they've been doing so now for decades. Yeah, you got to reward your hardworking staff, right? need people who uh, are dependable to help you realize those dreams. I, I think for, for Florida State, we talk about solving for the future. It, it is about, simply put, doing things that allow you to win football games in the fourth quarter. Give yourself a chance. You have so many games this year where if you don't shoot yourself in the foot, and there were so many self-inflicted wounds a year ago. Now, Florida State has had a hard time with personnel issues. They've had a hard time with sort of a dearth of talent. And when you're going through a transitional phase and a long-term rebuild the way that they are, that does stand out. You're going to notice that uh, you sabotage. When you fire coaches or when coaches move on and then the subsequent coach gets fired and a new coach comes in and all of the things that we have certainly vetted in the past. But when that happens, you're, you're, you're unfortunately sh- shooting yourself in the foot off the field time and again because you're having to start over. You lose recruits when that happens. And so your talent's not going to be where it's supposed to be. But I would say 
that the the best part about what this staff has done is while trying to create and establish a new culture, they've really utilized the transfer portal. You know, the recruiting classes we want to see be top ten, top five. We'd like to get to that place. I think that there is certainly an upper limit to what you're capable of when you have it one on the field. But you get your house in order off of it. You get people within that locker room working with and for one another, fighting for one another, working to a shared goal, right? It seems like at the very basic root of what you have to do that they've done that. I, I, I think that's identifiable when we're over there. Um, you know, when they, when he first got here, it was it was an interesting process to watch. You know, we're all watching closely to see, all right, well, what's the what's the vision? What's the message? What 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 is it he's selling these players? Do those players buy in? That takes time. You got to identify the ones that are and the ones that aren't, and it's a very crucial process to your future success. Because if you're fooled, and say you believe that you have a kid on your team that is. Uh, Perhaps at an important position like quarterback. Maybe he's a kid like, I don't know, DeAndre Francois. And you decide to hand over the reins at the most important position to him, and he hasn't really bought in and isn't really a good leader and isn't the leader of men, then you, you are sabotaging any future success that you might have because your evaluation process was faulty. So when I look at this coaching staff, I think that their evaluation process has not been faulty. They haven't always gotten the kids in recruiting that we want them to get. They have failed in some ways, especially, I think, at certain positions. Now, we, we've also talked about that. But where they haven't failed is evaluating what they had and where they needed to get better. And if they didn't get those kids, if they didn't get those answers that they wanted, they were able to bring in a lot of talent in the transfer portal. And I think that's something that pretty consistently across the board in addition to ridding themselves of, of some of the quote-unquote bad apples or guys that weren't buying in in the locker room, in addition to, to changing that culture, they have been able to infuse talent in areas where the team desperately needed it, and it was experienced talent. I mean, if you again, we think about a lot of the guys that came in here, not just Jermaine Johnson, but a lot of the players, even guys that are on this year's team that they're depending on to play well, to, to, to provide success, uh, and to upgrade segment groups, a lot of them are transfers. So that part of the evaluation is, uh, I, I think they get an A there. There have been very few misses when it comes to the transfer portal. So you've elevated your floor, and you've given yourself a fighting chance to be in these games. you got the buy-in and eventually the understanding defensively, at least to know where to be, and guys aren't running free. So you're going to be in games. And this schedule is littered with games that can go either way. So in a year in which you must have a good season, in order to solve for your future in recruiting, you have to garner wins. The only way you get wins is not only that buy-in, but an upgrade of talent. There has been an upgrade in talent at receiver. There's been an upgrade in talent on the offensive line. There's an upgrade in talent at linebacker. You brought in Jared Verse off the end to help out with the loss, which really is a significant loss with Jermaine Johnson, you've given yourself a chance to win. You've given yourself a chance to be in the game. And, and so for me, that is about solving for the future, which would solve your recruiting issues if they win eight games this year. Mike Norvell's a popular guy. The players like him. I know that the booster community really likes Mike. 
But again, most people here, not being Pollyanna, right? We heard Jim Phillips say that yesterday. And they need wins. They need wins. You, 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 can, you can like a guy as much as you want to. You can talk about his strengths. You can talk about the good things, the aspects of his personality, his work ethic, and all those things. I think those things are intact. But if you don't win, none of it matters. He's equipped himself and put himself in a position to get those wins this year because of the successes, both in flipping the culture and in the transfer portal. We'll see, thankfully, soon enough. ISF solving for the future. Again, you and your staff work hard. And your constituents depend on you. Brilliant ideas, and you want to improve and streamline workflows. ISF can help you do that. Introduce new technologies, reduce costly inefficiencies, and remove those obstacles. That's ISF solving for the future. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Big River, here we go. If you're uh, hearing this right now and you are someone who know, you know, is active military, a veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, or a teacher, listen up. Uh, my friend Shannon with Legendary Home Loans has a hometown hero loan program designed to make a difference to those who make a difference. When it's time to buy a new home, it's going to waive all lender fees for all hometown heroes. That's $1,600 value right there out the gates. If you use their preferred title company for the closing, you'll be saving another $600, so $2,200 in discounts right off the top. You or someone you know, active military, veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, school, teacher, well, can't person can't be a school. They can be a teacher within that school. The way I read that was not right. Uh, if you're looking to buy a new home, pay attention, man. Shannon's the guy. Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Ask about their Hometown Heroes program when you call if you fit that bill there. 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN, or you can visit them, FSUHomeLoans.com. That's FSUHomeLoans.com. Thanks, Charlie. That's awfully nice, but uh, and now I just feel old as hell. He writes on Twitter at Jay Cameron Show. It's voice and how the show in general brings me back to my junior year in the house on High Road behind Guthrie's. Nostalgia to the max, the best. Thanks, Charlie. That's a that's a kind uh, way of describing what the show means to you. But, man, <laughs> too many people now say that. Oh, it brings me way back all those years ago listening to Jeff on the radio. Matthew on uh, Twitter noted Brady Hoke voice likes our running game. Yes, Jim Phillips likes our running game. <laughs> Ooh. I miss Brady Hoke, the head coach, after each and every loss that he had to stand up there and take that beating from the press that uh, knew he was uh, a short-timer. I miss some of that. I also miss – by the way, did you see this stat, Matthew? I uh, just realized that it it's kind of an oddity. We're about to do probables, but in Major League Baseball, uh, I should note that home runs, 
strikeouts and walks are all down. Those don't normally correlate those three. So strikeouts are down. That's a good thing, right? But walks are down and home runs are down, so it's weird. Perhaps something's up with the ball. There is a, uh, there is a thought out there that uh, it's taken long enough because the three true outcomes have gone up every year forever, and it's the first year that they're not, that players have changed their approach. Might we be on the cusp of seeing exactly what we wanted to, which is, again, more balls put in play because guys have decided that, you know what, they're not going to get seemingly get rid of this rule, so we're going to have to hit against the shift? Hey, what do you know? There you go. Yeah, change your approach. How about that? Let's go the other way. It works. Took a while. Go ahead. Cue it up. Let's get to these probables. We've got a lot to get to. Man, it's soon. time for, how you say, with the pitching uh, probables? I was going to say before I read you some of those probables, A, it's good that baseball's back, but B, do you realize how close we are to uh, Big Daddy J and some picks and Redemption Thursday? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Buddy, it's nearly upon us. Uh, somebody in the headlines... Um, chat on Tuesday, by the way, yeah. speaking of segments coming back, uh, requested that you and Tom bring back the Hell to the Gnaw team of the week. Yeah, it's a popular it's a popular uh, segment that we got rid of. I don't know. as Well, somebody achieved it. I, yeah, I explained to them the premise of the mm, segment, obviously, that when Oregon State beat whoever that was, yeah. that the segment was over, but they still clamor for I it. I don't care. They, well, hey, let's get it back. <laughs> Fair enough. I just was looking at numbers and games to bet on today, and there was a lot of that for College Sportsbook, and I was like, man, we are getting set to do this for real. Hey, I didn't give myself enough love when we came back after the British Open or after the Open. Somebody online did note that I took Cam Smith at the start of the week. Just saying. I wish I had been wrong. I wanted Rory to win. (laughs) Damn it, man. All right, alas, we got games underway. They're in the fifth. Texas and Miami. That's a five to nothing Texas lead. John Gray started for the Rangers. Pablo Lopez started for the Marlins. We got the Yankees and the Astros. Houston leading the Yankees two to nothing in the top of the fifth. That's Jordan Montgomery and Christian Javier. Tigers and A's just about to start as soon as this show ends. Tariq Skubal and Zach Lou. Second game doubleheader. Garrett Hill will go for the Tigers and Frankie Montas will go for the A's. Yankees Strohs also, I think, have uh, a rescheduled game somewhere set for tonight. That would be Domingo Herman and Luis Garcia. Late night tonight, Giants and Dodgers, Carlos Rodon and Mitch White. Tomorrow we get, I believe, a full slate. All of them be out there then tomorrow. Here we go. On to the second half of the season we go. I look forward to it. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Going out of town this weekend, buddy. I got a this is the last of the getaways and opportunities to see family. It's like I'm going off to I don't know, boot camp or something. I mean, once football starts, there's no that's it. That's it's all consuming. It's everything, and it's uh, look, it's a labor of love. I'm not complaining, but it does. It ends up being all day, every day. I'm just glad that we have the infusion and influx of these games. I'm going to be doing more things this year, as you are. Um, I'll be doing some some hosting for some stuff uh, with the Kentucky uh, program. Uh, they're, they're they're 
sports talk guys and all that and, and, and hosting some video stuff for them. And then I'm going to do that with Nebraska as well as Tennessee. They, Tom, if he were here, would get a kick out of how much work I'm going to be doing with Tennessee. And I know what's going to – got to tell you, I know what's going to happen. Somewhere along the way, I'm going to be doing this stuff with Tennessee, and somebody's going to be like, hey, that's that dude that every chance he got killed us. <laughs> what the hell's he doing here? <laughs> I can be objective. But it'll be fun. And uh, no, nothing. I'm not lessening my role with uh, Florida State or anything like that, but it, it, it's just funny. Um, it will be, yeah, I will have to do that. And, um, and, and it'll make me pay attention, closer attention to all the uh, advanced numbers that I trotted out here today on the show about where Florida State was or was not and how much better they could be in those areas. And I wasn't kidding, by the way. That wasn't just a premise made up out of thin air. This morning, I really did. I loved uh, waking up early and getting set for that and then going through what I thought, uh, you know, those returning starts, right? 78% of the snaps on the offensive line returned, but then me thinking, well, that doesn't tell the story because that's great. You got a lot of returning players, but I'm more excited about the players you brought in. Not that they're going to be instant starters, all of them, or not that they're all high-level players, but they're all guys that will compete for a spot, and that changes everything. Some of them are going to win a spot. I, I'm really curious when we get started next week. How about that? Say that out loud again. When we get started next week at practice, how quickly do we see Caden Lyles taking real reps with this group up front? And, you know, obviously it's it's once the pads come on. It's, it's, you know, it's tough when you get out there and you're not in pads yet. But once those pads come on, and uh, the rubber meets the road and things get serious, how quickly do we see him taking reps? Is there a battle for the center position, Maurice Smith and him? Because I think there will be. And I also want to look at – I want to lay my eyes on Maurice Smith, who is rumored to have put on weight and is getting bigger and stronger. That is the area of weakness in his game. He is a very athletic player. He is a smart player. He was not a big enough or strong enough player. So he was on roller skates at the end of last year, second half of last season. He was a minus player, could not win those matchups against the better defensive lines. If, in fact, he is much bigger and stronger, for whatever reason he, you know, Sometimes we're not told everything. Guys have medical conditions. Guys have issues. They can't put on weight or they have an injury that they're nursing and so they can't lift as hard as they need to. Whatever it was, the fact that he is now rumored to have put on a lot of weight and is getting bigger and stronger uh, suggests that he's free of whatever it was that wouldn't allow for it before. That is huge because that competition at center kind of will dictate a lot of other things. So I'm excited about that, and we're about to see it, and it changes – it really does. Those returning stat numbers are nice to see, but it doesn't tell the whole story of uh, how good is Dimitri Emanuel? How good uh, is Bless Harris, who had a good spring, going to continue to surprise? The kid from South Carolina, are you, you going to get, you know, that's a kid that when you looked at the PFF grades, you go, eh, not real good. And then other times you'd look at him and go, oh, look at that guy. Looks like a player against an SEC caliber defense. How about that? So then I'm going to look at that and wonder about that as well. Um, so we have real competition is the point there. Real competition. And then I think um, one of the things that's, again, kind of gone under the radar is um, 
the confidence and belief that they have in Jordan Travis to take the next step and his belief that uh, he can, given that he doesn't have any real competition at quarterback. Now, ordinarily you would want real competition there. Ordinarily, um, ordinarily you'd say that's not a good thing, but I think that for that kid who's been second-guessed all the while, it is good to have him emboldened by confidence. Good work out of you again today, Director Matthew today, Producer Matthew and Director. Appreciate you as always. Thanks to all of you who watched and or listened Appreciate you. We'll be on with you again tomorrow. You guys take care. Have a great day.